Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Have you ever been promised a great surprise in your life? One of those surprises that you just couldn't wait to get your hands on, you couldn't wait to experience. One of the things that we find Jesus made an incredible promise that would change our lives, not just the lives of the early church, but our lives as believers in Christ literally forever. While on earth, Jesus was equipping, he was preparing his disciples for his soon ascension back to the Father where he would return and there to prepare a place for us so that he could come later and receive us unto him that as John says there where he is we will be also. He told them just prior to his ascension about a promise, a promise from the heavenly Father he had planned for all believers, one that would leave us not the same We read about it here in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. How many of y'all have ever been zealous for something? How many of y'all ever got the cart before the horse? You thought, I just got to get out there, just got to do it. That's kind of where the disciples are, and he's saying, listen, slow down, slow down. I've got something better. We say, well, we've got to just get out there. They need us. He says, whoa, stop, 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 stop. Don't leave Jerusalem. But wait here. How many of you know wait is not a word we like? He says, wait for the promise of my father. Verse 5, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. Now what we find in this passage is Jesus is talking directly to them. He's talking about the promise of the Father. He's talking about some spiritual And they are bunny trailing. They're getting off track. He says, listen, wait for the promise of the Father. It's what you need. And as soon as he gets his last breath out of his head, they say, but are you going to soon return all power here and you're going to set up your kingdom now? Stop, he says. It's not for you To know the times are not for you to be so worked up about it. He tries to bring them back on course again. Here we find it in verse 8. 
But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Back in John chapter 16, Jesus told the disciples that he was soon going to be leaving and he was going back to the Father. And as a result of that news, their hearts are filled with grief and sorrow. And I would think in regard to what we just read in this passage, because they were waiting on him to set up his earthly kingdom. Now they say, wait a minute, if you're leaving, the kingdom's not yet set up. And they begin to be sorrowful and grief, filled with grief because he's leaving. But Jesus said in John 16 and 6 and 7, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate will not come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The advocate that Jesus was speaking about was the promise of the Holy Spirit. I just want to stop there and I want to pray. Because today, my, my prayer for us in this place is that we will have Holy Spirit revelation to our hearts. So would you join me and let's pray that way. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we, Father, begin this time together in your word, I pray for Holy Spirit revelation. Reveal to us our great need of the Holy Spirit. Reveal to us the great blessing that comes to our life through the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, would you begin to stir within us a hunger and a thirst for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I thank you, Father, for hearing me. And I thank you for hearing these in this room. And I thank you for responding to our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. The advocate is the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer cannot be underestimated. I heard uh, this past week something that just, wow, it was, you ever hear those statements sometimes and they just kind of, you're just blown away. It's like, wow, I, that is such a powerful statement. And it was this statement, as the Father's importance in creation, and we know His role in creation was ultimate. And as Christ's role in salvation, the, the Bible says there is no other name given to men by which me must be saved except what? The name of Jesus. So as important as the Father's role in creation and Christ's role in in salvation, so is the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. His importance in your life and in my life cannot be underestimated. The Holy Spirit enables you and I 
to live the life that Jesus Christ has birthed us into 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The new has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Friend, when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you in surrender yield your life to him, there's more of a change that comes to your life than just a change of mind, a change of will. There is a transformation that happens when we receive Christ as Savior. Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, Jesus replied to him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God, here's the words, unless they are born again. Born again. Not just a change of mind, not just a change of will or actions. This is literally... A transformation that takes place from the inside out. He said in 2 Corinthians, the old is gone. The new has come. Those are powerful words. And I pray the Lord will reveal those words to us. You and I did not just get some religion. We got hooked to a transformation power that takes us from what we used to be to what we were created to be. Amen. Holy Spirit works to bring you and I to repentance. And it's through repentance brings us to the forgiveness of sin. And it is the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. And by the convicting work of the Holy Spirit, salvation comes. See, the work of conviction of the Holy Spirit is that godly sorrow. One of the challenges often, listen, if you just decide to find religion, you will not experience godly sorrow for sin. One of the reasons sometimes we don't often make a clear turn from our past sin, we've not experienced a godly sorrow. That godly sorrow brings us to repentance, and repentance is, I used to walk this way and now I've turned my back on that and now I'm walking in this way godly sorrow will lead you to sin you've often heard the phrase we are sorry Lord for our sin that doesn't mean you know like oops I did it again kind of thing sorrowful it's a godly sorrow that fills our heart it brings us to the place where we understand, we sense our need of God, we sense our need of His forgiveness. It is the convicting work of the Holy Spirit that not only brings me into relationship, here's the good news, the Holy Spirit is active in bringing you 
Uh, you and I didn't just wake up one day and we said, you know what, I think I need God in my life. The Holy Spirit began to put things in order. It was amazing how God just began to put right people in your path. There was something that began to stir on the inside of you that said, you know what, honey, we need to get ourselves back in church. We need to get ourselves back with the We need to get our lives in line with the Lord. It wasn't you just had a good idea. The Holy Spirit was birthing that inside of your heart. The Holy Spirit that brings us into relationship with him. But I want to tell you this. Not only does he bring us to the birthing process, but he keeps me in my relationship with the Father. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us now to be birthed into salvation, but he enables us to live this new life we've been promised in Christ. I would tell you that when we commit our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit enables you and I to be more than just nice people and religious people. He enables us to truly be a light that shines in the darkness. Like a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. I love that. You put a, a city on a hill. You can't hide it no matter what. It's just there. And when Jesus lives inside of you, he is not harnessed. He is not hidden. He's there. You don't have to proclaim, I am a Christian. It just comes out. Because that's who you are. Holy Spirit empowerment enables you and I to live more like Jesus rather than just through the words we say. He brings a spiritual, I love this word, a spiritual authenticity to our lives. The Holy Spirit helps us to be more than we could be on our own. You see, the Heavenly Father knew that you and I living in this world he knows the beginning from the end. He knew there would be great spiritual opposition against our lives. It's not you the enemy is opposed to. It's the Jesus in you he's opposed to. We are the creation. The Bible says we were made in the image of God. The Father knew the opposition we would face, and he didn't want to leave us defenseless and helpless in standing against the powers of the enemy. So he promised for all believers the incredible gift of the Holy Spirit that he would come and be our helper. He would come and be our comforter, our advocate. The Old Testament prophet Zechariah said in 4 and 6, It is not by your might, it is not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. So today, I told Paul, I said, this is going to be a different sermon today. Normally I would come with the sermon and there would be two or three points and a poem or a special point. There's one point today. If there's anything I want that you pick up today, I want you to be able to pick up on this. So, who is the Holy Spirit? So, who is the Holy Spirit? 
The Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we see the Trinity revealed in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. This is at the baptism of Jesus It says, at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee. And I'll just tell you real quick, a little advertisement here. If you've not followed in water baptism, even Jesus followed in water baptism. If you've not been baptized yet, you need to walk in obedience to the word. Walk in obedience with baptism. Let's go back again to the beginning of that. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth into Galilee and was being baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with whom, with you, I am well pleased. We see the Father, we see the Son And we see the Holy Spirit. Just as Jesus is distinct, a distinct person, and yet at the same time he is fully God, so also the Holy Spirit is distinct and yet fully God. The Bible teaches the Trinity as as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as distinct persons, but also clearly teaches us they are fully God. One. Now, if there is one concept that often we struggle in is, is how can someone be separate and yet at the same time one. There are some mysteries that, that, that baffle and boggle our minds. How yet can you be distinct but yet one? The Bible teaches they are three yet one. You see, we see all three involved throughout the Word of God. We see the Holy Spirit at creation, not just God the Father. Genesis 1, 1 through 2, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the face and the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. We see him throughout the Old Testament, Zechariah 4 and 6. I referenced a few moments ago, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. He's poured out on the church in the New Testament, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came, notice where it came from, it came from heaven, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We see him throughout all parts. The Holy Spirit, my friend, is a person. He works in conjunction with the Father. 
and his involvement in your life and in my life is for your good and for the good of the kingdom. Throughout John 16, Jesus referred some 12 times to the Holy Spirit with the pronoun he. He's not an impersonal force that we should refer to him with the word it. The Holy Spirit is a person with the ability to act, Acts 13 and 2, while they're worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas, and saw for the work which I have called them to. He has the ability to will, 1 Corinthians 12 and 11. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And notice these words, He distributes them to each one just as He determines. When we're talking about spiritual gifts, He gives them as He determines. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Ephesians 4 and 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you are sealed for the day of redemption. Throughout the book of John, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit and his work in the life of believers. Then in Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, but you will receive power. Notice the, the, the progression here. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. My friend, the Holy Spirit gives us power for our salvation experience. The Holy Spirit, this is where we need revelation. The Holy Spirit, often we, especially if you've been around Pentecost very long, you think it's the only power that the Holy Spirit brings is just to help you tell other people about Jesus. That happens. But don't limit the Holy Spirit's work to just being a witness with your words. Actually, the Holy Spirit comes to let your life be a witness you see, he gives power to overcome. He gives power to overcome temptation, power to overcome habits, power to overcome wrong thinking. He gives us power over sin and demonic opposition. He empowers us to be a light in the darkness. The Holy Spirit is the power of God at work in the life of believers. Many times we feel empty. We are impotent believers. We have the truth. But it seems there's no power, there's no force, not in you, but the force that lives inside of you to resist against the enemy, to resist his ways, to resist against sin. Oh, we need the Holy Spirit's help. Friend, if you're just trying to combat sin with thinking a better thought, it's not going to work. If it did, sin wouldn't be such a problem. How many of you have ever sinned? Would you lift your hand if you've ever sinned? Yeah, every one of us. 
How many of you know it's easier to sin than not sin? It's easier just to go along with the flow. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us, and he's not just a, ooh, I feel good, or ooh, I feel these, uh, you know, my, for years, any of you that knew my dad, he would talk about doodaddies. You get in the presence of the Lord, you feel doodaddies. <laughs> he's more than just that. The Holy Spirit wants to be the force and the power of God that works inside of you, that takes you out of the realm of operating in your mind and in your own ability and lets you begin to operate according to the Spirit of God. Listen to the words of John 14, 16 and 26. Jesus said, I will ask the Father... And he'll give you another advocate. You ever had an advocate in your life? You know what's really bad? Sometimes when you have to stand all by yourself. Nobody there. I remember as a kid, I'm going to tell a story on my sister here. It's a good one. We were riding our bikes and uh, down from our house, they had done some construction, man, years and eons ago. There's apartments there now. We were riding our bikes over the dirt hills. You know, we were really impressive. And, you know, we'd ride up the hills and try to jump the hills. And, and we'd do all that. Well, I was young. And the, most of the kids there were much older. And so I'm riding, and I can't hardly ride all the way up the hill. So I'd get about three-quarters of the way up the hill, and there wasn't enough umph to get me over. So I was right in the middle of the hill. People are trying to ride up. And all of a sudden, this girl rode up. And, man, she was upset because I had messed up her ride up the hill. And she started in on me. Well, one of the things that you see, I had, I had a mother, but I also had a second mother. My second mother's name was Faith. And about the time that girl started in, she went, oh, no, you're not. My sister, it was amazing. She was so little, but she was so big on the inside. She'd stand up, yo, you're not going to mess with him. Your problem now is with me. <laughs> and I would like to tell you, they just passively walked off together. They, they tussled together pretty good that day. And you know what? You know what the cool thing was? I just stood back and watched it. I didn't get hurt. I didn't get scraped. You know, it was girls fighting me. I'm telling you what, the claws were out. It was bad. I just stood back. You see, she was my advocate. You see, there was no way I could stand up against those bigger kids. She was a bigger kid. She stood up in the middle of it. Jesus said these words, I will ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate. Somebody who's big enough to stand against the forces of darkness. Somebody who's big enough, when you can't stand on your own, he'll stand in your place. One that'll, one that'll call your name out to the Heavenly Father. One that will be there with you. You'll never walk through a valley alone. He said, I'll be with you in every one of those situations. Listen, I'm sending an advocate. Here's the good words. He'll never leave you. Now, there were times 
as I got a little bit older, my sister got a little bit older, she wasn't always there. Man, where's a cell phone before they existed? Where was a cell phone so I could get her? Here, you just talk to her. <laughs> there were times I'd get myself in a mess. She was gone. Jesus said, the one I'm getting ready to send to you, he will never, never, say the word never. never. He will never never leave you, verse 26, but when the Father sends the advocate, I love this, as my representative. That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. Doesn't that sound like somebody you want involved in your life? When you're going to live this Christian life, doesn't that sound like somebody? I want that person here with me. I want Jesus' representative with me when I'm outside the church and and all of my believer friends are are gone. I want somebody that will be there with me. John 16, listen to these words that describe him. John 16 and 13, and when the spirit of truth, how many of y'all know we need truth today? Man, if there's one word I could use that might describe the climate of the day we live in, it's the word lie. It applies to all of it. When the spirit of truth comes, I like this. He will guide you into all truth. Have you ever had times in your life you didn't know what the right way was to go? You didn't know what the right decision was. You didn't know, you didn't know this is where I need to go. That's where I need to go. I feel confused. I'm in the middle. Listen, he, he, the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the representative, he will guide you into all truth. I was with somebody the other day and we were driving down the road and we had the the navigator on the phone on. Actually, it was Tom Gellum. That's who it was. I'd forgotten. I was like, who was that? It was Tom Gellum. And I said, man, what would we do without these now? Because, I mean, you're going down the road and they'll say, go through the present light at the next light. Get in the right lane. And I mean, you know, they could have just said, hey, on 8th Street, make a right. <laughs> but you, how many of y'all know that could be a little confusing? And so they, I mean, gingerly walk you through the whole thing. You are one quarter of a mile from your destination. When you get there, it will be on your left. I mean, on and on and on and on they go. That's the way the Holy Spirit, it says he will guide you. It didn't say he'll put you in truth. He'll guide you. He'll guide you. Come here, Paul. He'll guide you. You see, guiding, what it, what it does is it's kind of like the Holy Spirit just fought. The Holy Spirit takes you by the hand and says, let's go. Let's go. Come on. How many of you know sometimes we go, well, I want to go over here. Holy Spirit, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'll guide you. I'll guide you. Come on, Paul. Come on. <laughs> I will guide you into what? All truth. How many of you in your Christian experience wouldn't want somebody coming along and taking you by the hand and saying, come on, Tom, come on, Jerry, come on, Don, come on, Leonard, come this way. I've got the right way for you. I'll help you get through this. You're not lost like you think you're lost. I've got you right in the palm of my hand. I'm going to take you through. You're going through the valley. We're coming out on the other side. I'm guiding you into all truth. Thank you. 
He wants to guide us into all truth. The rest of that passage says this. He'll not speak on his own. Boy, this is such a place where we see the Trinity. He'll not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Oh, here's some good words. He'll tell you about the future. The devil doesn't know about the future. The devil finds out the same time you find out. You see, the one who creates it all is the one who knows the future. John 14 and 16. Jesus said, I'll pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter. Oh, Jesus. That's a good word for right now, isn't it? A comforter. I'll give you a comforter. Here we go. That he may abide with you. How long? How long? Forever. Forever. How long is that? Forever. (laughs) I will give you another comforter. Now, I can imagine in my mind's eye that Jesus is with them, and um, Jesus has been a comfort to them. Jesus has defended them in the face of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus has been there with them when they were confused and times Jesus would pull the disciples alone and he'd just speak to them and help them. Times when Jesus was telling the stories and the disciples were kind of like, huh? And he'd, get over here. Come here. So I can tell you and explain it to you. Listen. Listen to me. Here's what this means. Everything he did was about bringing comfort and help to them. Jesus said, the Father is going to give you another comforter. He said, I'm getting ready to leave. But really what he was saying was there's one, it's best for you that I leave because the one coming after is going to do some things you've not yet experienced in me. Holy Spirit wants to do more than just save you. He wants to take you from glory to glory to glory. John 6 and 63, the Spirit, boy, this is good. The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. You know, the flesh just brings death, doesn't it? The flesh brings sorrow. The the flesh brings hurt. The, The flesh brings disappointment. The Spirit gives life. Let me tell you something. When people walk inside the church building, they ought to experience life. When you're outside the church, let me tell you, when you go into place in the world, it ought to be sad because that's what it is. But when you come together with believers, there ought to be life in the room. It should not be sad, drawn out, sad. Yes, when you come sometimes, you may have walked through the door feeling sad. But when you come and the spirit of life is in the room, the spirit will give life. Though outwardly we are wasting away, Paul said, inwardly we are renewed day by day by day by day. The Spirit gives life. Jesus said, the words I have spoken to you, they are full. Wow, why do I need the Word of God in my life? They are full of the Spirit and life. John 14 and 26. 
But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, here's some good words, will teach you all things. Let's stop right there. He'll teach you all things. Have you ever had some things you couldn't figure out? Maybe a passage you were reading and you're like, man, this, this, I can't, I, I'm not grabbing hold of it. And other people say, well, I, I'm so blessed by that scripture. And you're like, man, I can't get a hold of it. The Bible says he will teach you all things. One of the things I love, Paul and I just were having this conversation the other day, is, is I love when, when people find Christ and and. Hold, buckle your seatbelt for a second. Hold on for a minute, okay? Sometimes when people get saved, the first thing we tend to do is we tend to get overly aggressive and jump on them and tell them about everything they need to change. And we say, okay, now listen, I see this in your life. You got to change that. And I see that in your life. You need to change. Listen, I see that. You need to get that cleaned up. That is not what a believer ought to be. And there are times for instruction. In fact, the Bible says that the word of God is good for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped and furnished all good works. But let me tell you what really works well is when the Holy Spirit begins to convict and the Holy Spirit begins to stir. I've had people come say, you know what, Pastor? You know what? We, we, we got saved not long ago. But I just kind of feel in my heart, we need to make a change in our life. We, we need to do this, or we need to do that, or we need to make a transformation and a, a change in our life. Isn't it wonderful when the Holy Spirit will teach you, and the Holy Spirit will guide you, and the Holy Spirit, listen, he's the best one to tell you what God wants. Not going to preach on that one much longer. But notice these words, he'll teach you all things, and then here's a great part, and he will remind you. Y'all ever forgot something before? Three of us. <laughs> Y'all obviously forgot that you forgot something before. <laughs> We've all forgot something. How many times have you been on your phone looking for your phone? I won't tell you who it is, but there is an individual in this room, and it is not me, that was looking for their keys, and they were holding them in their mouth while they're looking for them. <laughs> I will not tell you who it is, though, but if you ask me later privately, I might tell you. <laughs> we forget! I'll tell you when we forget sometimes. We forget when we're going through trouble. We forget when we're overcome with... Uh, grief and sorrow and trials and troubles and we forget because you know how many if you've ever been uh, nailing nails and you're using the hammer and you hit the wrong nail <laughs> who cares what's happening in the world I just hit my thumb it doesn't matter what's going on across town I am in pain right now 
And there are times you and I will go through pain in this life. And in those times, we forget. It's not the forefront. We forget what Jesus has said. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I have said. And so when you are in that place and you say, listen, we're going down for the last count. This is terrible. We're not going to make it out of this. The Holy Spirit reminds you with man, things are impossible. But with God. But with God, all things are possible to them that believe. The Holy Spirit will remind you of the things that I have said. We find that the Holy Spirit testifies concerning Jesus. He teaches. He convicts. He intercedes on our behalf. He guides us into all truth. He reveals God's word to us. We find throughout the word he can be tested as with Ananias and Sapphira when they lied. Uh, Peter said, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts? He can be grieved. He can be resisted. He can be insulted. He's the very spirit of God. Through the work of the Spirit, the church was birthed. Through the work of the Spirit, the church was empowered to bring change. Through the work of the Spirit, captives are set free. Miracles, signs, and wonders come through the life of believers. Friends, if we are going to be fully equipped to encounter life storms, we need to be empowered to live out this life in Jesus. And that comes through the divine helper, the one who comes along beside us. There is a word in the Greek that identifies the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, and it's the word paraclete. Paraclete means the one who comes along beside. The one who comes along beside. I don't know if you, when you were a kid, they probably don't do it anymore, so I'm going to date myself a little bit. But I remember at the end of the school year, we'd have field day, and one of the things, there was always a, you tie your leg to somebody else, and then y'all had to run a, uh, a relay. And everywhere you went, they went with you. They were tied to you. You see, I couldn't just do it on my own. I was tied to that person and so I had to I had to give in to the will of the other individual we were tied together I want to tell you something the Holy Spirit wants to be tied to your life he wants to be the paraclete the one that comes along beside you to help you to instruct you to teach you to enable you he's the one who comes along beside we're tied to the Holy Spirit I don't know about you, but when I hear things like this, it makes me say, no wonder I can't do this on my own. When I look back over my life, I say, no wonder there's been so many times I have failed. No, many, no wonder so many times I set out to do it and didn't get it accomplished. I need the Holy Spirit's help. I need His help. I need his help. I need, I don't want to do this. I want to tell you, we live in a very confusing, 
deceptive world today. There's a lot of things going on in the world today. Uh, so much unrest, so much uneasiness in the world. I want to tell you, we need the Holy Spirit. We need His help. I don't want to do this thing on my own. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the one who will come along beside me, walk this journey with me. Father, today we just declare that we need the Holy Spirit's help. I think, Father, it might seem to be an underestimation for us to say thank you. But for lack of finding a better word, Lord, we say thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending us the comforter. Thank you for sending us one that would come along beside us. Thank you for sending an advocate. Thank you for sending the one who would be our representative. Thank you for sending one that would guide us into all truth. Thank you for sending one that would help us make decisions. Thank you for one that would remind us in the truth in the midst of lies. Thank you for one that would speak truth in the midst of deception. Lord, you've said it so that we don't have to walk in deception. You've said it so we don't have to walk in confusion because you've given us the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I pray today that we'd have a fresh, just a fresh realization and a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Jesus name friends would you stand with me this morning across this house I'd like to ask you today if, if it is your heart's desire you say I want the Holy Spirit's involvement in my life maybe you say I believe he has been involved in my life but I want a fresh just a fresh revelation that he's here with me to guide me and to help me that's your prayer I'm the first one to, to move I want his help if that's your prayer and your desire would you step out from where you're at and come and stand across the front of this church this morning and together together in one heart and one mind one voice we're just saying Holy Spirit we need you we need you Holy Spirit Every day that I live, I want you to be involved in my life. Every mile I walk, every hour that I live, I desire the Holy Spirit's help. Oh, sweet Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. You say, I just want, I want to walk in His leadership. As husbands, we want to walk in his leadership. As wives, we want to walk in his leadership. In a day of confusion, we want his guidance. We want his truth. There's a little old chorus that says some simple words. And there come Holy Spirit.